morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about what game Saul wants to play in 2023 since he took over the list <laughs> completely. Oh, well, we could add something that you would like to play, of course. But my list is kind of extensive, but we shall start. Go for it. They're not, they're not in any particular order. Not like the first game I mentioned is the most that I want to play or the least I want to play. I didn't think about that. So they're not in any particular order. But the first one on my list, ooh, I have my list backwards. So the first one on my list is Blade Runner, the RPG by Free League. It's just recently been, what is it? Uh, they fulfilled their Kickstarter. So I'm sure it's now available in any place. Hobby store, yes. <laughs> hobby shop, game store. I forget what it's called. FLG, your favorite hobby or game store. That was one of the big boxes that ended up coming to my house recently. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I got I ordered an extra book because uh, I did get the limited edition hardcover one. And then they give you the starter set. They give you dice. They give you a screen. Well, they didn't give you. you that's what you, I pledged for. You so, bought it. So it was pretty cool. Uh, I haven't delved too much into it. Uh, I am planning on running a game at DungeCon in 2023. Dungeon Con is in Northern California. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it away from the microphone. Did you see that? Yeah. I thought you were like quasi-motor for a second. <laughs> so Dungeon Con, it happens over Valentine's Day weekend. We like to say President's Day weekend. And it is a very popular convention that we go to. It is recovering from the covid as am I. Numbers, as is Jolene. We, uh, we missed last week, and therefore we missed a, a week because Jolene got COVID, and she was down for 10 whole days, which really sucked. But I have survived. Yes. And so anyway, we're, I'm going to run it there at that con, and uh, before then, I'm sure I'll run it a, a couple times for Well, you better hurry up because you only got a month and a I little bit of time. Months. You know? Whatever. I, I like to see my pants. Anyway, uh, I, it looks really neat. It really, Free League is a company that really gets into what the RPG is about, like what their setting is, right? So when they did Alien, which I might mention later, it really did a good job of harnessing that feel of Alien. So in this, in this case, this is a basically in, more or less an investigative game. Of course, there's all kinds of... Uh, what is it? More morality plays come into it. Or morality questions come into it. So it looks like a really interesting game. I really hope to have fun running it and hopefully playing it in it. That's why it's on my list. What well, do you think? What do you think of Blade Runner? I, I know. I, well, for me, I love the movie. Right? I love Blade Runner the movie. I never saw the movie. You never. I told you that already. God, really? I never saw the old movie or the new movie. Oh, I have been. Whatever it is. It's okay. I understand the concept because you've explained no, it to me ad nauseum. You cannot understand if you have seen the movie. Oh, my God. Okay, I have it. I have. Do I have the movie? I don't know if I have the movie. But you're, you're going to watch it. If you it. have it, I'm going to hide it. You're going to watch it. I don't want to watch you're it. You're going to watch it. Not merely today, but in the suit. I understand the, the concept. There's these clones, right? They're clones. Yes. They, they like to be called artificial people. No, you're right. They're clones. They're clones, and but they don't know they're clones all some know they're clones. Most some of them know, know they're clones. Okay. Most of them. Well, you've told me you about it. See the movie. So so I don't, I don't need to see the movie. So she obviously hasn't seen the movie, but uh, I, in, when I first saw it, my brother loved 
the movie. I remember hearing the soundtrack first. Oh no, Felipe's Evangelist. gonna make me watch this movie. Yes, yeah. Anybody out there who has any kind of pull, uh, make her watch the movie. But anyway, my brother had the soundtrack, and it was done by Vangelis, and it's this really ethereal type of music, and it just like. And they use it, of course, they use it in the movie. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, wow, it just blew me away. It just blew me away in my teenage year that I saw it. Okay, so the next one next that one? you want to play is? Aliens. Now, Aliens I've had for a while. I was a Kickstarter or pre-order guy for on this one. I've run uh, quite a few games of it at the cons and at private groups. And it's a fun game. I love running it. I love scaring the hell out of people. And then they, they actually scare the, the hell out of themselves because. Usually there's some person who works toward against the group's better... There's a company man in there. <laughs> and then everyone has their own agenda. Agendas, yes. And so it's a really fun game. It uses the same... Uh, of course, it uses a Year Zero engine. And it's very, very evocative of Aliens, I think. They use this, this panic mechanic that they have added that is not normal to Year Zero engines. And it is just... It just spot on. It makes it really click. There is an alternative game called Mothership that kind of does the same thing, but I have not played that one. So I'm sticking to Aliens. I'm going to try Mothership, hopefully, at the con. Somebody's going to run it, probably. But I am really hope to play more of Aliens. Isn't it just Alien? Alien, you're right. Alien. Just making sure. You are correct. You are correct. The next is Twilight 2000. Oh, my God, it's another free league game. Now, Twilight 2000, fourth edition... It was remade or redone by Free League, and it uses a really weird version of their Year Zero engine. It's still because de- it's a crunchy game, right? Even though it's it was a hugely crunchy game back in the day, and right? it will still be crunchy. And I think they they wanted to please those old fogies. I don't know what else to call them. Those grognards that that love that crunchiness and love being able to disseminate information about a certain kind of weapon to a ex- certain extent to ad nauseum like you would say and i i never played that game i own it i've played the dark conspiracy which used sort of the same rules i think yeah pretty much but it was it was really steeped in that whole military rpg type of game where you know everything everything had stats and I just want to interrupt you and say... And, and by the way, it's a post-apocalyptic game. I just want to interrupt you and say that I would like to play Dark Conspiracy to anybody out there who wants to run it for me. Well, I think I could probably try that. Anyway, yeah, sure. Uh, Dark Conspiracy. Uh, anyway, so Dark Conspiracy has not been remade. Though there has been talk about it, and there was... A, what is it? There was a company that said they were going to republish it or reprint it or redo the rules. And they went on a sort of a, it was not a Kickstarter, but another, what do you call that? Crowdfunding thing. And somehow everybody lost their money because I think the company that was doing it went bankrupt. And it was was a German company, I believe. And then they got investigated. And it sucks, but it does happen. Uh, The sole reason I did not back that crowdfunder is because I had never heard of that crowdfunding platform. And not giving any bad light on that crowdfunding platform. I don't remember what it was, but it was a, a European one and it wasn't Kickstarter and it wasn't. There's another one called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it, it's, a, it's a really popular one compared, not compared, but it's like second to Kickstarter. I forget what it's called. 
Anyway. Anyway, so Twilight 2000, it's based on on a, a, modif- a heavily modified Year Zero engine. Instead of uh, just six side dice, you have tens, eights, and sixes. And I haven't really looked at the rules. Uh, I have been really, it's really, they gave you a lot of stuff in the Kickstarter. They gave me, you know, when I Kickstarted, it was pretty cool. Uh, I just have not had time to delve into it too deeply. I've been running a bunch of other games. And- For a man who tells me that he doesn't buy Kickstarters or he isn't putting his money into any, you sure get a lot of Kickstarter stuff. <laughs> well, some of them are pre-orders, so they don't count as Kickstarters. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> okay, let's move it on. Oops, I mean, I just noticed that I have a lot of free league, so let's switch gears away from free league. Even though I'm probably going to go back to it, another game. I'm going to go way back in time, not that far back in time, but Mutant Chronicles by Modifius. Mutant Chronicles is a really cool setting. I've talked about it on a previous podcast about what it's about. It's a uh, 1980s diesel punk, they call it. I told you about the shoulder pads. They're really into shoulder pads. Uh, it it kind of gets kind of funky in that way, but I think the overall setting of this, of a kind of a decaying technological uh, apocalyptic co- thing coming is kind of cool, and it's neat. I did really like it. And it uses a 2D system. It was... It was I don't know if it was the first one, but it was pretty close to the first one. It, but it's not a 2D6 system. No, 2D20, I'm sorry. 2D20 system. The same system that's used by Conan and other other games of that ilk. Uh, it, it basically, it did, it, it has been basically, uh, what is it? Uh, Does it have the pool where you get it oh, at? Yeah, the momentum uh, pool. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that, yeah, it has all that. It's really neat. I really like that. Just like in uh, Star Trek Adventures and stuff yeah. like that. And... Uh, I really like it. I just really like the setting. So I, I'm giving a book to, I gave a book to Bay, mm-hmm. and he didn't know it was a 2D20 system. He thought it was, I think he thought it was a, a year zero engine. And I haven't given a book to Morgan. Morgan, I got to get your address. I'm going to drive by your house. I'm going to fling that book at you. And then okay, you're don't run the fling game. the book. <laughs> yeah, it's a okay. pretty heavy book. Uh, unfortunately, it's out of print because uh, Modifius either lost the license or they gave up on it. And they you don't have to talk so fast. Sold, they try to sell out their whole warehouse of it, and I got their almost their whole collection at a huge discount. I was quite proud of myself. Yeah, okay. All righty. So not to move too quickly, but let's move on. Out of the Ashes. Now, this is a small, smaller, independent type of... Uh, it's a book. post-apocalyptic, I can tell by it the is. title. Out of the Ashes. Yes, it's a fantasy post-apocalyptic. Who makes it? It was written by Paul Michener. Oh, I think I've talked to him. Yes, we had an interview with him when he did... Uh, Liminal? Liminal, right. So Liminal, we talked to the author. We have an interview about him. Uh, he's out of... Uh, I forget what town he's at. But he's a math professor. So very lovely man, very lovely man, and I think, <laughs> and I think what's interesting is because he, he's a math dude, he understands math. So it was uh, Liminal was a two D six system, a la Traveler. Uh, I really like the system. He really breaks down the, the rules. Uh, really simple. Uh, I love that book. It's uh, so Liminal of, is on your list. I think it's the next one you were going to talk about. So he wrote Liminal also. Liminal uh, first, yeah. yeah, and then he came out with Out of the Ashes. And Liminal is a is a modern fantasy kind of 
Oh, you got right. urban fantasy? Urban, urban. Yeah, centered uh, in England, right? Yeah. Centered in England, because the you know, guy's English. Uh, I ran it, even though I'm not English, and I've never been in England, uh, but it was the, the, the case file, they called the Avengers case files. It was a lot of fun. It was I fun. I really enjoyed it. And, and what's really cool is that because they're based on actual, uh, what is it, the... What was really cool was that we could look stuff up on our phones that's, while that's we were playing, about. and and it was it was really interesting. Both of the groups I played with. Well, the first time we played, we played with Morgan and Bay, and um, they were trying to figure out the mechanics because we had just gotten right. it right, and that was a very interesting because you guys are all you all look at everything, and they really look at the rules where Saul skims the rules. <laughs> Bay and Morgan actually, you know, read everything and they go, do a deeper dive into rules than I. And then they go, okay, how would it work? This is how this is what we did, but how was it supposed to be, right? And then, and I was it, right, I was right, I was right. Anyway, yeah, and and uh, what I like about it is because it's based, uh, uh, liminal. We're talking about liminal. It's based on uh, on the real real uh, places places and real what do you call them real mythos that people actually believe or actually heard as little kids as tales so w- there was like the, the one was called the ghost of some place i forget what it's called the ghost it was a scottish highland yes place, exactly yeah. and and actually what that they used this what do you call it this myth about these ghosts in that area i'm not sure it was a myth but well they, i mean i, that, I forget I, to use the, I don't, they not used the historical setting but. right and and because it's a real place and it has that that background of there was there's ghosts in that region. People people go, well, what kind of information can I get? And I go, well, you could just Google it. And they're like, what? Which was amazing because then all of our all of our it was a, the Friday night group. All the guys started googling everything, and they just thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and and there was another one that had to do with uh, with the the uh, with the uh, the fake fairies that that certain kids took pictures of in um, England mm-hmm. and it had to do with all that. It was very interesting, very well. And some book that Felipe liked. And yeah, it was, uh, I forget, it's, but yeah, I don't remember the book, but there you go. But, but Out of the Ashes, it uses that same mechanic sort of, but instead of D6s, it's D10s and he, disc- and he disc- we discussed that idea of D10s and how it changes the curve and the, uh, what do you call the problem? That's what I was just, I, I thought, I thought that we had discussed and that. And I had, you know, he lost me on that part, but yeah, you know, it, it makes sense t- to people who love math. I was just going to ask you what the difference between D6s and D10s were. Don't ask me those kind of particulars. I really don't know. It's not about flattening the curve. I don't know if that, if that means anything to you. Or it widens it. I don't know. Well, it, I know, would, I know. More dice would... gives you like a flattener curve instead of the sharp. Like the D twenty, they say is terrible in probability because it's like there's just a die one and it does not, there's nothing that mitigates anything. Where if you roll two dice, two six sided dice, that gives you a, a little bit of a curve. If you roll three dice, it it makes the curve, the bell curve, whatever, bigger, wider, and it gives you a better probability. You know, the probability is whatever. Okay. That's right. enough of you telling me stuff. Anyway, so uh, it is. It just came out not too long ago. It was just published on the Kickstarter. You can find so out of the ashes. It's post-apocalyptic. A post-apocalyptic fantasy. So basically, it's like Sauron. Sauron was out there. I'm not using the right term, but the the, the big bad guy was out there. He was causing ha- havoc in the world. But the nation, the nations, or the the groups of people got together, defeated him. But the world is basically destroyed. And you're coming out of the ashes. Got it. Title. 
like I said, it's a really neat system. It's really neat to it's you know it's, it's a small little book. It's the almost the same size as or practically the same size as Liminal, and Liminal has that a that little A10 digest size book, and it's pretty cool. So I want to get that out, and it has a quick starter, quick start rules set, and so you can just buy the quick start or download it, and it has an adventure and characters in it. Bada bing, bada boom, you're set off. You're ready to go. Any questions? I don't have any questions. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to a totally different kind of game now. Yes, uh, Wrath and Glory. So Wrath and Glory is, I don't know the name of the company that came out with it. It is Warhammer 40K RPG. And before that was FFG, which Fantasy Flight Games RPG. They had three games. They had uh, uh, Oni War or something like that with, dealt with Space Marines. Uh, Dark Heresy with, dealt with... Uh, with the Inquisitors and the guys that fly around in spaceships. I forget the name of that one. So uh, so there was three sets of books, kind of like they did with, uh, with with Star Wars. They had three sets of books that basically had the same rules inside of them. And then, so yeah, so it's a Fantasy Flight uh, lost the rights of the, was a, was a franchise or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then now you have this game called Wrath and Glory. They changed the rules of Fantasy Flight had a percentile system. And this is dice pools, D6 dice pools. <clears throat> is it D6 dice pools like a uh, shadow run? Yeah, exactly. There's that's also the boys or, love those kind of D6 dice pools, <laughs> or or like even you could go simpler with a what is it, uh, Tales from the Loop or Free League type. Anyway, so it what, what it does is like in the percentile system, a lot of people love that type of system. Uh, BRP, basic role playing, which powers all kinds of uh, like uh, chaosium type games. I like percentile systems, but I always have to ask Felipe, do I need to roll high or low? Because I can't always tell. Most times I think you have to roll. Ooh. See? You have to roll under whatever you're trying to roll. See? Yes. Sometimes it, it's hard to tell. Very, Sometimes you have to roll over, right? Uh, very rarely, but there are there are some systems that you do that you do have to roll uh, over, but most of the time you roll under. Like you have a skill of 75, that means, or 75%, that means... Does this 75%. game have charts? Is it uh, a la space opera? Kind no, of? no. Well, well, that's why they made it into a dice pool system. Oh. Because, because if you have percentile system, then you have to have what happens if I'm shooting while I'm running? Well, that's like a minus 10%. What happens if I'm shooting out of a car? What happens if I'm stopping aiming? So yeah, my can, eyes are glazing right? over. Yes, I so know. There's a chart. Giving, <laughs> so instead of giving you a bunch of percentiles, like 15% for this, 10% for that, 5% for this, they just give you, oh, give them a plus one die. Yes, I, I had, so, so they get an extra die for the die, die pool. pool. Maybe two dice, or, and then you take away a couple dice. So it makes it much easier to deal with instead of uh, having all these percentile numbers have to be floating in your head, or you have to have a like a cheat sheet or on a game screen. Now, I've played, have never ran, but I've played Dark Heresy, and it's a really fun game. I like the idea. It's a, you know, if you like Warhammer 40K World, then you obviously would love either one of these rule sets, I think. Because they're heavily steeped with the whole world of or universe of 40K, right? Internal emperor that's been living for thousands of years. And everybody just goes and dies for the emperor, blah, blah, blah. You have this eternal, this eternal struggle with chaos. And it's just really this bad, not bad, was good versus evil. But there's a lot of gray area between. What they did in this book, what they didn't do in the previous Fantasy Fight games, is that all the rules are in this game, right? If you want to become 
a space marine, it's in this book. If you want to do a, a an inquisitor, like in Dark Heresy, it's in this book. If you want to do, let me go look at the rule book real quick. Oh, jeez. The big long pause while Saul looks something up. So instead of having the rules in three different books, it's all mushed into this one book, which is actually quite a good deal, right? And it's and it's like a huge book. It's like over 300-something pages. Did you buy this book too? I bought it at the flea market. So it was only $5. Some guy was getting rid of it. I go, what happened? He goes, oh, my, no, nobody in my group wants to play it. I'll take it for five bucks. This $50 book. Sucker. So there you go. Wrath and Glory by Fantasy... Not, nope, not Fantasy Flight Games. Wrath and Glory, a 40K Warhammer 40K role-playing game. And the next one? Okay, so I'm going to switch gears here now. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> so I've been meaning to run this game for a while. and uh, Meaning to. Well, it's a game that you should probably run... In person. I like that idea. I like running games in person, but but COVID has its had, and then the summer and people, all kinds of things worked against That's them. why he hasn't run it yet, because he hasn't managed to get everybody together in one place. And that game is called Good Society. It's a Jane Austen kind of book. Yes, it's a I mean, game. <laughs> in this game, it sort, it sort of tries to mimic the idea that as you are playing this game, this role-playing game, you are actually writing a Jane Austen novel. If you like Pride and Prejudice, if you like Jane Austen novels and like the whole Regency era, era then this, this is the kind of game that probably would, you would like. Jolene has been watching Pride and Prejudice for years and years and years, among other Jane Austen-type uh, movies and books. It has actually, what do you call it? Rubbed off on you infested me with the idea of liking this stuff and i think it's a very interesting era of of england or, or considering you loved bridgerton and um right and you're not we watched and downton abbey and downton abbey so so at at this at this point i've seen a, quite a lot of stuff and i was really interested in running this kind of game and there's absolutely no rule sets except for this one now i looked at it and i'm like it's very confusing to me because it comes from a very different plan of attack and or however you want to call it, a different angle. And so sometimes certain kinds of books or certain times RPG systems kind of like, I don't get them. I don't grok them very well. And it takes them for me a while to understand, like, this one's pretty light. It's like, oh, that's all there is to this game. And that's really, that's all there is to this game. So there's, there's you know. Which baffles you, his mind. Which does baffle me. You know, I'm used to, I'm an old dude. I'm, I, I'm, I played. I played original D&D back in 1978 and and everything else in between. So I'm used to characters with numbers, with attributes and stuff like that, hit points. And this game has none of that. But it's got all kinds of palace intrigues. So right. And that's what it's about. And it's and but it's heavily player uh, of what is it? Uh, not player facing. I think player facing is a good word. It's like a lot of the game is run by the players, right? You you make up your pick character, and it has like a goal that they're trying to achieve. Whether they want to marry somebody for money, whether they want to uh, get rid of a problem that uh, some indiscretion that happened, 
in their past, whatever it is, that's their goal. And basically, that's all your character is. It's just a, a person, who they are, who what family connections they have. They have a friend, and then it's the goal and how you go about that goal. And there's hardly any rules, which is kind of weird. But it it is a role-playing game, and it, it it is doable, and it is possible to play it. I really want to get this one to the table and it has, to, I think it does really have to go to the table. I've seen, I've seen people play it online, like uh, examples of, but you can't plays. have cucumber sandwiches online. Yes. Yes. Cucumber sandwiches and tea. Really. Yes. Well, you could, but you all can't share the same tea. So I totally understand. And that I totally understand that. And that's why I really want to try to get this to the table face to face, not yes. uh, online. That's been the, the one reason why it hasn't been played. It was a Kickstarter at one point, and then they came out with an expansion, and then I went in on the Kickstarter, and I, I was a, confused, a little bit confused about how the kick, that Kickstarter was going to work. And I actually got in contact with, because I, I basically Kickstarted the expansion, but not the book, the original book. And I'm like, oh. And That's I, because I, I saw it on yes. online, and I'm like, Saul, I want this game. And so then he went, on a, uh, he went down a rabbit hole to get it. Right, and these guys are in, in Australia. I mean, these guys, these people are in Australia. I think they're written by, is written by two women. So I, I misread the, the, the Kickstarter. And I thought I was, I said, I want all in, right? And I, but it was all in on the expansions, not any core book. <laughs> so, that, so then when they were like, when the, the, in Kickstarter, there's a, a backer or like a, a, a question a thing, questionnaire. And I go, oh, and I, and I so, noticed that there was no book, core book. And so I wrote to them and I'm like, Oh, blah, blah. I go, I, well, I just wanted a core book. And then, like, she goes, we were writing back and forth on messages. And she goes, and it was a lady who was in charge. And she said, oh, we could just change the pledge to the core book, blah, blah, blah. And you could just send, like, I think it was, like, 10 bucks or 12 bucks more than my pledge. I go, okay. And then I go, you know what? How about if you just send me everything you make? Because I already pledged this much. Uh, how much more could it be? So that's what I did. And I, and I got all the expansions. I got all this kind of stuff. So I've been really aching to get this game to the table because of all these expansions and pretty cards mm. and nifty stuff. And it's probably been over a year, uh, probably, since this happened. So I don't know. But anyway, it looks like a very exciting game. It plays, uh, you know, your tr your plays like a novel. In fact, in the rules, there is a little bit of a, uh, there is a, uh, it's it was it's played in uh in sections right and and one of the final sections is is where you write down letters to write letters to physical letters to each other and i think that's pretty neat i don't know i'm a sucker for the regency area era now so i really want to get this to the table okay and the next one and the next one i'm i'm rushing him because he's got like freaking twenty thousand games on I still here i got plenty of time I was not even at 28 minutes. Uh, Vossen. Vossen is a pretty cool game. I think, did we buy it? We did buy the book. You did, bought it. I bought it from, I uh, got a gift card, right, for a local uh, gaming store. Gaming store, and I bought it. And Vossen, it's a Nordic horror themed game. It uses. It's, it's, it's an investigative game. By Free League, so it is a year zero engine. And you, you probably don't want to fight the Vossen because <laughs> it says. You're not going to be able to physically kill them. You have to figure out a magical way to do it. Oh, you've got to figure out their weakness. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, you know, and so it's a it's it's a very much a thinking person's investigative game with horror elements of this Nordic horror. And I think what makes this game a little bit easier to access than, let's say, Call Cthulhu. Uh, I don't think there is a sanity mechanic. Um, no, I didn't see a and sanity mechanic. It is because it is. Well, I guess if you get hit. Something bad happens to you. Yeah, you can die. <laughs> well, no, but Shannon said there was a. You don't really. I mean, you could die, but there's. You you like lose an arm or something. There's like a. Remember, he was talking about. It's not so much that you die as you. Something, happens to you. Oh. Yeah, you could get like mangled or something. Yeah. Anyway, so it it, it does use a year zero engine like most freely games. It is really simple. A lot of. The game mechanic is simple. A lot, what I like The game about, mechanic is simple, but rolling a six with all those dice isn't simple, people. We've talked about that before. There are, of course, mitigating circumstances. You could push the mechanic and, and all this stuff. But I think what I really like about it is the simplicity of the, of the Year Zero engine and the fact that you can change it to suit the genre or the, or the mood that you want to invoke. And I think it's pretty neat that that little engine, that little game mechanic is so... So with like most Year Zero engine games, it's really easy system. You don't have to explain it too much. It literally take from somebody who has never played a role playing game or very little. It'll take you like ten minutes, and they got it. They'll have it figured out. It is literally an investigative game because you're playing investigators. Yes, yes, you are. You are a group of investigators brought together. Some of you may be good investigators, and some of you may not be good investigators. Meaning, some of you can talk to people, and some of you. Don't really care about people. Well, you have other skills. Other, yes. So uh, I, uh, you have a unique set of skills to get you. <laughs> I by. have a unique set of skills. <laughs> so it looks like a really fun game. We've had one session of it. It was really neat. We just haven't been able to get back together. The the one thing I, I found interesting was that the detective in our group didn't want to talk to anybody. Who was the detective? Morgan. Why didn't he want to talk to anybody? His character wasn't wasn't uh, had n- no uh, people skills, I guess, or no, <laughs> no, he he didn't care or something about people. It was an interesting thing. Well, it obviously, it can make some interesting characters. Yeah, and, and I think we made our own. I made our own. I made my own. Yeah, and and some of them made. Well, Shannon had made some char- had yeah. had given them give out, given out characters, but I since. I do this super easy. Since I do this podcast with my husband, mm-hmm. he's always telling me to get the book out and make a character. So I actually did it. I it had questions. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. We it didn't. wasn't. It wasn't too hard. It yeah. had a. It was. It was pretty cool. Yeah, like most games like that. The uh, most games that use that system, it's they use archetypes. Yes, they give you a template, a basically. Template. And basically, that char- that's almost a ready-made character. Well, I don't know about that. You had to put it all together. You do have to make some decisions, yes. But it, but it's cool. I like it. Just come out with a, a book of, of adventures based in Ireland, I think, or something like that. There's a new... I, I think it was England, England? instead of... Um, well, or the UK. Or oh, right, because this is Nordic. And now, now yeah. right, Britain. Britain. Yes, right. You are correct. So anyway, it's an interesting game. Super easy to get into. And a super easy mechanic, game mechanic. Yeah. And all you need is six-sided dice. Yeah. A ton of Just them. try to roll a six <laughs> with them and see how hard it is. Another one is an old Kickstarter for, oh, I got a while ago called Flames of Freedom. It is a colonial era, right? Colonial? Yeah. Colonial era or the era of the revolution. 
of the in the United States, States yeah, and Our, they mix in this sort of like this what is supernatural it? supernatural elements and super spy elements, kind of in a certain sense that the U.S. government knows that there's this supernatural element happening and they are trying to combat this. And it's set during the Revolutionary and it's set War. During the revolution. So it's really neat. It you uses the Zweilander game system, and so it's a little crunchy, but. Uh, I think the, I think the the it game can be as crunchy as you want it to be if you use the actual rules, or you can do Saul's modified versions, which well, some of the everybody. players didn't like. That's everybody can do that. But what I really, what I guess it's based on this other game called Colonial Gothic or Colonial something like that, and and it's the same writer, but it, I guess he decided to hook hook up or to attach the rules that. Zweilander uses to put out another edition. It's very neat, but when you go to make a character, there's so many choices yes. that you just want to think about what you want to do and then ignore, just find things that look like that. Okay, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I looked at it, there's like a like hundred things you could choose yeah, from. Yeah, it does It does give you quite a few options and quite a few characters to choose from. I'm just Archetype. saying, archetypes, yes. yeah. Yes. So I really like that game. I think it's interesting. It's an interesting era. There's all kinds of interesting uh, things to look at. During the revolutionary period, uh, what if this hadn't happened? What if that didn't happen? Or more interesting, you walk into a town and people are disappearing, and you got to figure out why, right? Yeah, and there and there was this show called Sleepy Hollow that kind of mimics this kind of uh, setting because, well, in a way, except that Ichabod Crane comes to the future. Right. It's it's a, it's it's a modern game, but but if you they they would all. They would go back into the future. Back they would go back into time. They would go back in time to look at Ichabod Crane's dealings during the colonial, during the Revolutionary War, and and all kinds of weird stuff is happening. So this is, so it, it, half the story of of Sleepy Hollow is very reminiscent of this type of game. Yes, it's very cool. If you haven't watched the show, and I don't think we ever finished watching it because they changed the day and yeah. time that it came on, and it was probably on Fox, it, Fox Television or something. Because I hate those people. They're the ones that killed Firefly, and I'll never forget. Them. Anyway, <laughs> now Saul said that he was going to do ten games, and then I'm looking at his list, and his number ten is like a lot more than one game there. <laughs> well, I, I lumped all these games together and I didn't want to go into long descriptions because we probably talked about them quite a bit already. And I just want to say that these are the games that I really want to get to the game table and play a bit more. Can I say the one that we are currently playing? Oh, yes. And I want to, I, I, and the boys seem to love it, is Shadowrun. And Shadow it's what, 5th edition. edition. Yes. And That's important a, to know for Shadowrun because it changes the well, way you play. Sixth edition. There's a 6th edition. So we haven't translated or haven't moved on to 6th edition mainly because... We have all the 5th edition books. all the 5th <laughs> edition books. And, and that's the, what we know. And I think, I don't know if there's a lot of changes in 6th edition that would change things and but if it, it does change it you would have to read a lot to figure it out yeah and yeah and uh, i think i'm pretty comfortable with this edition so and since i'm running the game this is the edition i'm sticking with so i don't plan on gravitating or moving on to sixth edition that's all there's to it so Shadowrun is a game i'm i ran a, a game a couple weeks ago maybe three or four weeks a month ago it had to be a month ago and now we're gonna run it next week weekend 
and uh, I'm just we're just starting a new uh, campaign, so that should be an ongoing game. Shadowrun Fifth Edition. The boys actually, re- or Augustine actually, requested that his dad run it. He, right. Why won't you run it for his dad? <laughs> and it was you know, and and that uh, was chorused by everybody else in the mic. By the other boys so, and me going, "Come on, Saul, what's your problem?" <laughs> That 500 freaking 40 page rule book is the problem. But, you know, but basically what I tell them is, look, if you're going to run a character, you got to know what you got to know the rules for that character. I'm not going to I'm not going to learn the rules for all these different types of characters because every different type of character has like a complete different subset of rules. Like a, like the mage has a separate set of rules. But now that I've now that I've played it quite a bit, a little bit more. I understand it more. I just got to reacquaint myself with the rules since we hadn't played for a while. Like the whole idea of fade and power and all this other stuff and what you can do. I understand, what is it, the Technomancer. I understand the Mage. A little bit about weapons. Not so much about the the one that operates drones and stuff. And Kathy and I both decided to play uh, badass women this time. Right. Instead of a Technomage and a, a and a and a Sorceress. Yeah, so that's going on. That's definitely going to be played. I don't have to wish for it, but it's but it's something I'm running for my family. Ooh, Conan, I see on your list. I can do that. So, so this is number ten. Is a bunch of list of games that I just want to play, and uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Probably some of these, but Conan Modifius just lost the license. They no, oh, they're going to stop producing games as of like July or June of this. They're going to stop producing 20, all games. 20, uh, Conan games. Oh, in 2023. I guess they're transferring the license to some other company that's picking up. They basically said, we've done everything that we set out to do. They put out like, there's got to be like 20 books that they put out. So they've done a lot of work. And they basically say, you know, we've done all we can. And their idea was that they were making Conan games and books and supplements that had to deal with his actual writings and nothing, nothing extensive. You know, they were extrapolating a little bit about his writings, but they just want to deal with his writings, not... By his who, writings, you mean Robert, Robert ha- Howard. Robert e. Robert e. Howard. So they were just dealing with his writings and not Le Sprague de Camp, the, who also rewrote some of the stories, or Robert Jordan, who did some Conan books. And there's been other authors that have done Conan books and stories. And so they weren't dealing with those stories at all. They were just dealing with the stories that he had written and fragments that he had written. And that was their goal. And they they said that that's what they they finished. Felipe, run a game of Conan for me. Yeah. Uh, Feng Shui It's a super fast, super fun game. We've talked about that pretty much. Black Void. I haven't talked about Black Void in, uh, very much lately, but it, it is a... Uh, it is a, a kind of a like a dark fantasy game. It's really neat. If you ever come across it, it is, and you want something that's not D and D and not very a, a normal fantasy game. Black Void is really well done. The yes. art in it is beautiful, and he has a few supplements for it. Chivalry and Sorcery. If you want a, a game that's a little bit more grounded on realistic uh, uh, fantasy setting. He put uh, quotes around that. Silver yeah, uh, fa- uh, Sorcery has it, but of course they have magic. And there's a, quite a few supplements. But you don't have to use the magic, I'm told. Correct. And they also have a Land of the Rising Sun, which was a, a supplement to it. If you want to run a Japanese-style, samurai-style uh, game set in a mythic Japan setting. So check that out. 
Cyberpunk Red. I never played. I think I played one game with Cyberpunk back in the day, and I'm talking 30 years ago, probably when I still had hair on my head. You still have hair on your head. Yeah, so yeah, not as much, but uh, a proud mane on my hair. I had. I don't remember playing. I don't know what happened, so it doesn't count. Anyway. So Cyberpunk Red, Red is the newest incarnation of Cyberpunk. It just came out maybe uh, last year or the year before. Cyberpunk, if you ever heard of Cyberpunk, you know what it is. There you go. I want to try it out. The Expanse RPG, I love The Expanse. We've been watching The Expanse on TV. We've never watched it before. We've almost not finished it, but we're getting close. Uh, I read quite a few of the books. I think I read up to four or five books. And it's a great setting. It's really cool. And I I suggest if you haven't watched the show, you should watch it because it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. Another era area of role playing I want to get into is steampunk. So Victoriana is a steampunk RPG. I think it's still published by Cubicle Seven. I'm not sure, but anyway, it is a really really cool game system. Uh, I that's the one where we played where we were on the the Zeppelin. Yeah, 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 and the one on the train. Remember, there was a train. We got off the train, and there was a big old fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that, that was, was by Felipe. That was an excellent game. Yeah, that's a good game, and I have a lot of books for it, and I have a lot of adventures for it. So I really and steampunk that. is cool. I mean, zeppelins. Uh, I mean, come on, weird and clockwork stuff. Clockwork stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So really fun setting. I I've enjoyed it. I've read quite a few clockwork, clockwork orange, clockwork steam steam. <laughs> Steamwork stuff, books. books, and I really thoroughly enjoyed them. And it's a really interesting genre, a really interesting era of uh, to play in. So these are some of the games that Saul thinks. Oh, also, I want to play Star Wars. Oh, he Any- still have Star Wars. Did your list? It's right oh. there. It's right there. It's right. Plain as day. I thought it was at the bottom of his list, but I I see more. <laughs> I had to add a had to add on. So Star Wars. I would literally play any Star Wars game, whether it's D6, which is an old classic game by the same people who made Paranoia. I don't remember. I forgot the name of it. But anyway, they came out with the 30th anniversary edition of their game. It's a It comes in a slip, a slip case box with two books. Or you can find the old rules out there anywhere. There's also FFG Star Wars, which I believe is now out of print. But you can find those those books here and there i have i have two of the books i have edge of the empire which i think would be my favorite one to play in i really like the 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 game i like the way you make a character the funky dice system eh, i'm not really a super fan of it but it's star wars i would i find that interesting because for the the one ring you like the funky dice (sighs) there's not that many funky dice there's no funky dice in lord of rings then why do we have all these sets of dice for lord of the Rings? Or well, the one is, ring. There is that the idea that there's a twelve sider that doesn't isn't twelve sides. There is well, there is twelve sides. It's one through ten, and then there's the a Sauron, Sauron and a Sauron Gandalf. and a Gandalf icon, and that's good or bad, right? That's like really good or really bad. So, but you don't consider that funky dice. No, I don't consider that funky dice. Like like when you, I've I, seen the Star Wars dice that you have, and they look the same, right? The, no, they have symbols on them. Some oh symbols, like, like fudge dice. Fudge dice are just numbers, like plus pluses or minuses. No, funky, like they have symbols on them, and some of them have more than one symbol. Like some have like little starbursts, and one have two starbursts, and the other have. So you just need a chart. 
Well, you, you could use a chart or the, there's an app. That We're not liking those you. dice. I, I've seen like five or six sets of oh, them yeah, around the house. Set because I really wanted to play that game. And I got into the, uh, I got into a game with Mike Eckert. Yeah. And But he was too far away. He lives <laughs> too far away from me to go every, every whatever week. And I liked his game, but it was just too far away for me to go all the time. Star Wars, I really want to play it. Play it more than run it, but there it is. I really want. To. So, if you listen to this podcast and you have heard all the games Saul wants to play in 2023, let us know what games you want to play in 2023. Yeah, or let us know anything you want to, us to talk about. About gaming. Oh, well, yeah, it has to do with <laughs> games, yeah. Since this is a gaming podcast, <laughs> RPGs, or even board games. We haven't talked about board games a lot in a long time, but we still play board games. But we could talk about board games <laughs> ad nauseum if you really want us to. Yeah, so uh, everybody have a happy holidays. And a happy new year, because I don't know when Saul's going to publish this. I published it this week. So there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.